Well, hello and welcome to the Market Crunch. Joined with me uh, is Tui here and myself, Addy. Really excited to get stuck into uh, this new uh, series. Of course, this is your not your first stop for no BS in financial news. And of course, our bold predictions uh, on the market and how to trade them. We will get to that very shortly. Of course, um, Tui, really keen to, uh, to sort of get started. I really appreciate it. Ah, uh, your time to, Good to be here, Addy. Looking forward to your bold predictions. Yeah, later. I'm looking forward to yours as well. And uh, <laughs> of course, we've got uh, the no button if we disagree, which we'll, we'll have a bit of fun. You know, this isn't a standard, <laughs> no, no, not the standard uh, financial sort of podcast. But let's get started. Just before we get started, guys, um, we have a quick disclaimer. Of course, uh, the views and opinions expressed here are those of the participants and do not uh, necessarily reflect the official policy or position of James and James-related entities. Any content provided by our guests, participants, or authors are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. The information given is general in nature and does not take into account your personal situation. You should consider whether the information is appropriate uh, to your needs and where appropriate, seek professional advice from a financial advisor. Now the disclaimer is out of the way, we can get into business. All right, well, Tui, really interesting market. Um, you know, down last week, down 1.1%, the ASX 200 and the S&P 500 in the US, down 1.9%. Uh, Rebound a little bit this morning. But what are your thoughts on the market right now? Uh, I think there's a clear sign of the bond market putting nerves through investors. Mm. So for the first time, we saw the 10-year yield uh, curve change. Yeah. And uh, in Australia, it fell over 20 basis points, pairing back about 48 points towards the end of the week. Yeah, so massive. That was the main sort of catalyst, I think it is, for the, the way the equity markets reacted. Mm. But then we saw um, Powell come in on Friday to ease markets, which we saw some recovery in the US. But mm. Australia was sort of driven down on that Friday morning trade due to that. So, yeah. And obviously, we saw some big names get hit hard on Yeah, Friday yes, well, yes, we did. Especially the buy now, pay later sector. Massively hit. What was it Afterpay's down? What was down 10% on Friday? 10%. And I think that because uh, Afterpay is now an ASX 20 Mm. Stop. Yeah, yeah. There has a bit of waiting now in the ASX mm. 200. Yeah, definitely. I haven't thought about that. Yeah, of course. You know, if, if it's going to have significant moves, it's going to uh, definitely move around. Uh, well, the, the the ASX 200 at least is a is a big uh, big play there because it's what market capitalization weighted. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, of course. I guess um, markets rebounding a little bit today. What are your sort of thoughts about um, the sort of the confidence now? You the uh, sort of fiscal policy in the United States. Coming through, looks like some decent news for global markets. Uh, yeah, what, what are your sort of thoughts about that and now going forward for this week? Uh, I think um, over the weekend we saw the Senate pass yes. the $2.2 trillion bill for yes. Biden. So that's yep. his first significant policy. And I think that's going to give a lot of support to markets this mm. week. Um, that's been the, the policy that they've all been waiting on for about four weeks now mm. to finally land. Um, and then that should get into the US economy pretty quickly. Um, I think that they're giving money to small businesses, yeah, yeah. even down to individuals. Um, they're actually funding the states for the COVID injection mm, and everything wow. as well. So I think that's very positive for markets, and I think that you'll see sort of a good week this week. Yeah, it will be interesting. Um, you know, in the US, still got some earnings to go, I think, and, you know, especially small cap, uh, smaller stocks in the ASX. This is still earnings are still going on. Yep. Um, so it will be interesting. Uh, you know, of course, they're coming to the end of that, but it will be interesting to see how markets go for the you know the week ahead 
And, you know, I guess, you know, going, um, just sort of continuing on for that, you know, there's a lot of uh, sort of uh, news in the market, you know, and, and what we'll sort of uh, discuss with that buy now, pay later sector that we discussed. It is hot industry. I'm sure uh, our viewers watching, everyone knows Afterpay, everyone knows uh, Zip Money. You know, sort of what are your thoughts about uh, the recent uh, uh, regulation about uh, buy now, pay later? The, the Sydney Morning Herald did a, a, an article uh, this morning about it all and sort of about how it's going to impact the Australian market at least because these are global players now. Uh, but what are your thoughts on buy now, pay later domestically in Australia? I think um, the policy is a good step, as we know. I mm. think Afterpay is, you know, the biggest, I think, uh, trouble they've had from the market point of view is that they've remained largely unregulated. So mm. this is sort of a step in the direction for that regulation. Yes, but yeah. I will note that I had a read through the Sydney Morning Herald and I had a, actually a brief read of that code today. Mm. And they've agreed to do credit checks for credits over $2,000 and Afterpay at this stage doesn't go over $2,000. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. It's, they're not doing... <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Look, it's, it's a good step in the right direction, I think, but I think it's got a long way to go. Yeah, um, sure. So I think Afterpay will continue in, obviously, that little niche of itself to, to keep growing. Yeah, do you, do you reckon that it will get, you know, tougher, like sort of, I don't know, C kind of tough? Do you re- really reckon that the watchdog is going to be that tight on this kind of sector? Who knows? Well, it's a self-regulated code, I think, from, from my reading. So, uh, <laughs> That's not great. You've you got to remember, too, like these disruptive plays have quite big lobbying teams. Yeah. There's quite a lot of stuff going on, so... Um, I, I don't think, I don't think the ACCC would do much. Obviously, they're looking at it all the time. Mm. It's very, um, you know, the current financial structures that we have for these sort of products is a bit out of date. So they are yeah. constantly changing to evolve. But I think at this stage, um, you know, they're just getting watched and obviously getting away with giving credit without credit checs. But mm. obviously, it's it's in within within the framework in Australia. So yeah, definitely, it's going it's to continue. Yeah, I mean, and now, of course, let's get onto the juicy bit. I mean, Afterpay posted their the you know latest results. You know, some smashing results here. Um, you like to talk about it a lot, but you know, um, and I sort of quote you as well. Afterpay, what doubling the revenue? What is it every? So yeah, doubling the revenue every eight to ten months. That's crazy. Um, when you look at their report, absolutely um, insane. They had a great um, earnings report, I think. Yeah. Anyway, well. Uh, some beg to differ, but yeah. yeah. You know, revenues, $10, $10 billion uh, normalized over currency. Mm, yeah, um, so gains impressive. of 106% from last, this time last year. That's um, crazy. But it's the, the big numbers are that 91% of their, their transactions are repeat customers. Yeah, so, wow. you know, obviously wow. being in the technology space, that repeat mm. business is key. Mm. And, you know, I think here somewhere that the average customer does like 17 transactions a year, which is pretty really? phenomenal, right? So wow. um, lots of growth there. Um, one thing that I really sort of interests me a lot, and I've actually got after paying my predictions later. Yes, but, yes. Um, you know, they're, gener- <laughs> they're generating 27 million leads per month to retail partners. So not only are they like oh, a, right. a fintech play, they're almost like an e-commerce play as well. Yeah, so yeah. That e-commerce, that app they've got is actually just sending all these leads to these retailers. Yeah, and if, if you use that app, you can you can buy stuff at discounts and special prices. Like, it, it's awesome. Yeah. Like, it's a one-stop shop. Well, exactly. It's like, um, you know, we all know that Visa and MasterCard and work everywhere. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. But Afterpay, they're still growing, obviously, the retail base. So mm. I think one thing that Afterpay does really well is that people go into the app first before they actually go and buy. 
So that's how they ever generate that lead because yeah. otherwise you don't really know if they accept Afterpay or not mm. until you go to their website or if you go to Westfield or something and look yeah. at their shop window. I mean, look, I'm a massive fan of Afterpay. I think financially it's insane and I'm looking forward to uh, your bold prediction later on. But, you know, I mean, I myself, I, I, I've been using it, you know, a lot you know, over the last uh, little while and it is a fantastic application. And, you know, the, the, the rest of the country agrees with that, especially... Uh, the millennial basis and you know younger people. It is an awesome product. It's it's one of the best disrupt, disruptive plays I think to come out of Australia. In a long yeah, time. yeah. And you know they're only they're only continuing to innovate as well. Like, exactly. They've just announced that Stripe integration now. Yeah, the so, Stripe. As far yeah, as I know, like far you out. You don't have to have an agreement with Afterpay. I think you can just go via Stripe yeah. now and you get access to the Afterpay payment network. I mean, just just for people understanding, Stripe is like what I think every startup, every online e-commerce business made in the last what five years uses stripe and it's just massive it's like 200 billion dollars worth or yeah. something it's just huge business and now you can literally any any business really has the power to use afterpay and like that is insane well it's um, such a big accelerant for afterpay as well yeah. because obviously they're moving globally now yeah yeah so you know stripes are already i think i don't, wouldn't even know off the top of my head how many companies are Stripe, it'd be just God, it would just be so yeah. all of a sudden, all these companies using Stripe, which has been going now for about 10 years, yeah, yeah, have access to Afterpay. So, mm. Afterpay is just going to accelerate, yeah, that as well. So, yeah, that's going on. And you know, you and I were talking about this last week that I, I think I think that they'll pivot soon, and obviously, yeah, yeah. they announced the uh, the banking literally, account. yeah. So, yeah, Tui made a call that Afterpay would uh, sort of pivot into more banking sectors you know last week as we were you know discussing the first debut uh you know market crunch um and you know literally what the, the earnings came out bang they were talking about it with is it is it westpac um i believe yeah, they were I discussing think westpac's providing the tech to yeah yeah the new startup you it's know, just just banks. another avenue for for revenues well, it's a really and, interesting play Addy, because mm. i think in australia you've seen ninja uh, fail. Yeah. Uh, you've seen eighty four six hundred. Eighty six four hundred. Bought out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, they they sold obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think um, what's the other one? Bolt. They've just re raised and they're going to market. I think at a quarter of what they wanted. In really, a quarter. So that's... I think that model of getting savings, paying more interest, and then going to home loans to generate revenue might not be the way to do it yeah. in Australia. And no. this Afterpay one would be really interesting because what Afterpay has gone out, they've essentially gone and given the credit first. Yeah. As opposed to exactly. then going to savings where the other ones have gone savings first, moving to credit. So we'll sort of see how Afterpay's play sort of goes, I think, over the next next couple of years. Mm, yeah, definitely. And it, it'll be really interesting. I mean, just to quickly go over it, we've got some pretty crazy uh, broker forecasts yeah. uh, for the stock price. UBS... Uh, Union Bank of Switzerland has put downbeat on the stock thirty dollar price tar- uh, pr- price target after the half or the the half yearly results, and then over sort of the other uh, so who was the other analyst? RBC. The RBC has gone to one hundred and seven dollar price. So that's like you know what RBC at the time would have been that would have been like forty percent down. Yeah. And then this God, what's even thirty bucks? That's <laughs> like that's eighty percent. It's something crazy like I, that. I don't think not any analysts brave enough to call where this stock should be. You can't short it. You could not short no, this well, stock around as well. I think the last two years, they've all been trying to call these price targets and Afterpay has mm. just continued to smash through it. But um, Goldman Sachs also went hold and for the last sort of little while, they've actually been 
long. They've been really positive for um, Afterpay stock. You know, they were one of the first actually. Yeah. They called it at twenty bucks. You know, it's sort of ten bucks to twenty. Um, they were really bullish. So it's interesting to see that go hold now um, in this sort of period of insane growth. Um, and you know, especially with price, you know, broker uh, you know targets like that, it's just. I don't know, ludicrous well, to me. Look, I'm seeing lots of upside in it, which I'll talk about later, but, mm. um, you know, they're only just <laughs> cracking prediction. the US and they're only just cracking Europe. Yeah, but look, Asia in, as well. They're exactly. in Asia. They're in bloody Asia and, as well. And, and credit's hard in Asia. Really it's hard, yeah. It does not, so. it's not, yeah, and we saw that a um, couple of other smaller buy now, pay later stocks announced that they're going into, into the yeah. Asian market. But I'll tell you what, as soon as Afterpay gets in there, bang, they're gone. It's just going to, Afterpay is king. And it's just well, got that brand to dominate. I think it's going to be um, really the battle of the bank balances. And I saw that Afterpay raised $1.5 billion. Yeah, well, the JP convertible notes or something. Yeah, yeah in the yeah, US. So, yeah. um, and I think they raised that pretty quick. So yeah. I think that everyone was queuing up to get in. So I think that's a pretty good sign that well, it's a good stock, right? Yeah. Wait, well, not, not, that's not such a good stock, but everyone <laughs> wants to get in, right? Yeah, exactly. So look, <laughs> it's going to be really interesting. Um, to see that you know Afterpay is a growth story and becomes a facilitated global play for me, that is one of the most awesome things I think uh, that Australian finance can have or Australian business. I'll be really keen to sort of look at that. But we'll be talking about Afterpay uh, in the next little while. Tui's got it uh, sort of, well, I don't want to make any spoilers, but we're going to be going over it a little bit in the predictions, so the bold predictions. So uh, be sure to sort of check that out. Moving on. The other sort of breaking news, um, along with Buy Now, Pay Later, over in the US, Warren Buffett um, had his annual letter for investors of uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Really interesting here, uh, Tui, and we'll discuss this. The Oracle, um, you know, I'm quite a big fan of Warren Buffett. I've got his favorite book right here, The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. So, you know, he's a big fan of that. Um, But look, he, um, you know, look, he had a, the annual letter sort of came out, you know, I mean, he's a value investor. Value investing is at all-time lows. Um, the market is just growth, 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 um, and, you know, high valuations. So, look, Warren Buffett, uh, you know, he, he sort of discussed here that he's actually made, openly said he's made a mistake uh, for acquiring uh, the, the company Precision car, uh, Cast Parts, which was a, well, an airplane manufacturer. Yeah, like parts manufacturer. Yeah, which is crazy in COVID. So, you know, I bought that for $36 billion, uh, U.S., of course, it hasn't performed well, uh, and that's what the largest takeover they've yeah. had in history. Of course, he's also trimming his Apple uh, position. So what are your thoughts of Warren Buffett? You know, how does he sort of, I mean, look, he is one of, if not the best investor of all time. I'll stick to that. But what, what are your sort of thoughts on how he's going right now? Well, he's still definitely the Oracle, I think. Yeah, the Oracle. Um, but it's been really interesting, Addy, that, I think over the last two years, we've sort of seen the narrative change on him. And I think what's gone against him is that it's, it's definitely been a growth market yeah, for the last couple of years, even with COVID, because obviously COVID came down. We had the big fall in March, April, mm. but then we've just been on this big growth plane since then. Um, and I remember I read an article, I think, last year that they think there's a changing of the guard happening um, over there at Berkshire. Changing the guard. Yeah, um, but I think you know you can't you can't underestimate the Oracle. I, I don't think okay. I would at this stage. No. But um, interesting, you know, they're still sitting on a pile of cash. Um, yeah. One hundred thirty-six billion dollars. Um, he still can't find anywhere to put it. <laughs> you reckon to put in Bitcoin? Yeah. <laughs> no way. No <laughs> way. The thing is, at the moment, that the bond market is um, well, it's weak now, right? Because interest yeah. rates are terrible. So. You know, he's, he's earning nothing on his cash sitting there, essentially. And 
I think it's been two or three years now it's been at that level and um, I read an article um, this morning actually that they think that because his his philosophy of value investing, he's actually missed a lot of opportunities over the last twelve well, months. Yeah, of course, you know, of course. Yeah. Sitting on that pile, um, the market was down forty percent. There's definitely an opportunity there. I think if you did he not buy much? He didn't buy. Wow, that's but that's ridiculous. At the time, he said this is like he literally said, uh, well, in less colloquial terms, buy the dip. Yeah. Um, you know, a bit more fancier terms and financial. Um, you know, sort of. Makes sense, but yeah, I'm interested by that. Like that, he's sort of not looking to go yeah. into big positions. I mean, I know it's all growth, but I mean, well, even equities. He said that the same as well. He's well, not really looking for big positions at the moment. Look, you can forgive him for the uh, precision cast parts because I think he bought that before COVID. Yeah, and, and then no one predicted. COVID <laughs> no one predicted. Co- I mean, you couldn't. <laughs> Come on. But interesting that he's trimming Apple. Interesting, um, yes. Yeah, that's really interesting. I it's, think. It's, it is a value play in his eyes because it's a value technology play yeah. because the brand is so facilitated. I mean, Apple right here, you know, it, it is so powerful, that, that Apple brand. So, I mean, that's what Warren Buffett seems to love, at least if he's going to go into tech. Well, um, So it's interesting that he is trimming that. He's now the, the biggest single shareholder. Yeah, yeah, by a mile. So, yeah, 100%. Um, he's definitely there. And obviously, I think Apple's driven his portfolio performance. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, of I course. Think Apple, Apple doubled, obviously, during COVID as well. Went from yeah. one trillion to two trillion yeah, it would have. quickly. So yeah, yeah. I think, um, I'm just trying to find it here in the article, but I think um, 26% up on his profit. Yeah, 23% from the year before, so yeah. 35.8%. I mean, look, it's still considerable massively. Um, you know, of course, Warren Buffett is going to likely have a good, yep. you know, he's not really going to struggle, but I but, just think he, he maybe could have had a bit of better performance yeah, well, um, going it, forward. Interesting now, he's just doing stock buybacks. So he's unloaded $3.4 mm. and he's already kept buying stock back. So for shareholders, you know, stock buybacks is good. Yeah, you know, taking yeah, of course, off the market, so, creates the value. Um, yeah, but you know, I think he's going to have to do start doing something with that cash soon. Yeah, oh, I definitely agree. Especially and will, the way the bond market is. Yeah, interest rates. Well, when it, with interest rates so low, I mean, would you rather get one percent in the bank, or we're well, not going to get that now? Either. Yeah, exactly. It's like point, the, point, point eight or point nine at, at Macquarie exactly. Bank. You know, like you got to the best sort of way to go at least from the perspective, at least from, you know, investing sentiment, is to go into the market. And that's why I've seen it rally, rally, rally. Um, I think that is a key thing. You know, with low interest rates, of course, you can all invest in the market for returns, even if it's a dividend or, um, you know, regardless of that extra income. Yeah. Um, that's sort of key. So, look, I definitely agree. It will be interesting to see what happens next yeah. um, and where he goes. So like, I just don't, I don't actually see. Maybe he'll go with the bold predictions. There's no way, no. but um, <laughs> we'll get into that. We can uh, email him too. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll send think? him a letter. We'll uh, be like, we'll send dear Warren Buffett, we'll... please buy this bold prediction. <laughs> we'll send them every week to him. Oh dear. <laughs> well, I guess, well, I mean, that's our cue. Do you, you want to get into the, yeah, sure, the bold predictions? All righty. So look, this is the, the best part of the market crunch. Um, if we want to sort of get started, like, look, my so let's let's tell everyone Addy what they're about. So the bold predictions, yeah, about me and Addy sort of looking a little longer term, or yeah. short term, going a bit out there with our uh, our predictions, yeah, and then sort of seeing where we end up. I think, yeah, and look also how we use James, yeah, to trade those exactly trading yeah, the predictions, which will be key. I guess. Look, do you want to sort of introduce? Um, do you want to do a little drum roll? Right, let's get it. Come on. Alrighty, let's get started. Okay, so 
my bold prediction for 2021, I have for you the best tech value play for 2021. In my opinion, is Intel, the CPU uh, manufacturer. Um, it has a PE ratio of 12 to it. It's 12. I mean, the average technology is 30, 40. I mean, come on. It's, it's a quarter of that. It's so cheap. Um, you know, it had an amazing um, sort of uh, earnings, uh, half of the, so the most recent results. It had a 37% surprise on earnings. I mean, when do you see a stock have a 37% surprise on consensus? That is absolutely crazy. I mean, you're lucky to have like a 5% surprise. It had a 37% surprise. And just for our viewers, it just means 37% higher in sort of, you know, revenue and profit numbers than um, also earnings per share. So profit uh, than what they were expecting. So that's huge. That's massive numbers. Revenue is growing 10%. Um, and you know, look, there's a lot of, there's still dominance with Intel. I mean, Apple, you're going to talk about this in a second, but Apple did drop them, uh, from their main chip. They're now using the, is it Qualcomm? The Qualcomm M1 no, chip? I think they've done some sort of deal with that Taiwan company, but they're sort of producing them for Apple. So look, yeah, I mean, but, but listen to this, Tui. Okay, look, you, you hit the no button. All right. But, but listen to this. Intel's share of laptops grew in the most recent quarter to 1.2% to 81% of the market share against AMD, who's the second closest. And in their desktops, they grew 0.8%, up 80.7% of dominance in the market share. So they're still growing in their market share, which is crazy. Um, And their CPUs overall are still growing 0.7% higher or 78.3% of the total market share. So look, that is significant. When you're having that, you know, people are saying, oh, Intel, they're having declining growth, declining growth. And here you go. They're still growing. They're growing in market share to AMD. So look, I think it's a buy. Um, James has got it. I've got it in my portfolio. It's already bought a position and it's doing quite nicely. Um, You know, I think it is 100% a buy. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that too. I don't know about that, Addy, to be honest with you. The best tech play ever. Apple dropped them in June. And I think from memory, they estimated a 5% drop to revenue from Apple over the next two years. Mm. I've just heard in, in December, Microsoft is looking at dropping them as well. So they're investigating new no makers as well. No but I think, way. I think that is not going to happen. That is. That is I bet you Google it. I bet you it comes up. But I think the, um, the, what you're sort of backing here is the computer, yeah. the desktop computer. Because I think the, the reason why Apple dropped them was because they couldn't get their processors small enough yeah, they, they got, speed as well. Yeah, they got sick of waiting because obviously they're trying to bring everything into the smallest possible as they can. And I don't know, I'm just seeing a lot of growth in mobile devices, wearables, and I just don't know. Obviously, the, the computer will always be a big part of mm. our lives. Yeah. But what that looks like moving forward, I, I don't know. Oh, look, I'm not, looking, <laughs> I'm not looking three, four years ahead. Intel's yeah. you know, useless to three, four years ahead, but yeah. right now, 2021... At a PE ratio of 12, I think it's awesome. I, I, just to sort of put this in perspective, the share price right now is around about 60 bucks. Yeah. I'm putting my target price at $75 um, by, you know, sort of September. Uh, or so let's go, let's, let's just go the end of the year. By 2021 years end, I reckon the share price will hit 75 bucks. Um, yeah, I reckon that's what I'm looking for as they consistently, I mean, the brokers, they just hate this stock. They just, they just put the um, the earnings and the profit number so low with forecast. Uh, I think it's it's actually doing much better than that, and I think you'll consistently see surprise after surprise after surprise. It might not be a thirty seven percent surprise because that's absolutely nuts, 
but it might be a 5% surprise, 8% surprise, 10% surprise, and stock will just keep going up. And I think that is key. I think it's now finally their turning point. Um, really, really interesting there. Interesting call, Eddie. All right, so I look forward to the next. Let's few clip months. that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then stock price is going to go to twenty dollars. Yeah, I'm going to be a laughing stock. Uh, but that's my call. Tui. What's today's date? First of March. <laughs> okay. All right, Tui. Look, you've got an interesting play. Um, do you want to sort of let's go through that? Yeah, for the last few weeks, I've been looking at um, obviously the vaccine rollout and mm. how that's going globally and also in Australia. And one thing that I've been sort of thinking about is I think. We're becoming a bit complacent here in Australia. And I think the narrative changed for when the borders started uh, closing by the states. Yeah. And then you saw Morrison and um, start changing his tone towards, you know, we need to open these borders yeah. up. And I think that relaxed. And I also think that because of that, you know, we've essentially annihilated this virus, right? So people yeah. are now starting to think that it's not even here. And so I can't help but think that sort of correlates in that there's some complacency now in the community. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you think about it in September, or I think even October last year, you know, Morrison's like, we've got to get this vaccine in as quickly as possible. We've got to get the community. Yeah, vaccine. yeah, yeah, definitely. I and do we, agree with we that. We were the last developed country to start getting the immunizations going, which was last yeah. week. So I can't help but think now, I'm sort of trying to think of the, the first, second wave effects. And I think that we're, we're not going to get our vaccine targets um, that, that the government's wanting, which I think is going to delay the opening of the international borders. Well, delay, delay to when? Like, um, how much well, delay? It's looking well, at October. Qantas came out September. October. Yeah. I can't help but think next year, January 2022. <laughs> no way. No way. It is... It is a hundred percent going to. Be, oh look, no, look, look uh, it could, it could maybe. I uh, look, I think, I, I think, think Qantas are always going to push an ambitious date. Yeah, but I think so. They're thinking September. I think it's they're actually thinking January as well. I, I think like November is realistic in my uh, opinion. You don't know, think that's realistic? Well, I, I personally don't think we're going to get the vaccine rates, so they're not going to do it. Well, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> I hope you're wrong, bloody hell. So how would I trade it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I tell you what, I, I can't trade travel stocks at the moment. I just don't. International travel stocks. Oh, they're Webjet. Well, they're all up. But I reckon you have to have a bit of stomach to um, trade them at the moment because they're going to go up and down. Like, as soon as the border closes or something yeah, bad yeah, happens, yeah, yeah. they're going to get slaughtered again. So I'm not, I'm not quite there. So I'm looking at the last 12 months. What's, what's grown? Online. Sure. Retail. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm very bullish retail stocks. So yeah. I'm still, I'm liking Kogan still, JB Hi-Fi and all those sort of stocks. Especially um, the ones that have just gone like really big online. Um, sure. Some of the furniture retailers and things like that. Sure. But I think... Hit me with it, Tui. Come on, hit me with it. it. Is that I'm thinking that the trend of afterpay is going to continue. Yeah. And so my prediction in the next 12 months is afterpay will double. Yeah, it doubles a big call. So it will double for two things. One, we've got 13% more savings this time than we did last year. Mm. We won't be traveling because international borders will be closed. Yep. So we're going to be yep. shopping. That money's going to go out. And so as, um, you know, as the vaccines happen slowly, people will get more confident and they'll start buying those things. And I think Afterpay as a credit provider will be the go-to that actually executes those. Things. I think that's a good catalyst, but what about internationally? Afterpay is valued a lot internationally now. Like, I mean, I'd say like really 50 to $60 of the share price is only in Australia. The rest is valuing 
you know, elsewhere. Mm. So what are you sort of looking like there? Do you reckon there's still catalysts that are still looking good internationally? I think Australia will be the catalyst for that growth. You reckon? And then I think the US and the UK, they've already set their benchmarks of what they want to achieve expanding yeah. those markets. So you're going to get the push from the Australian business and then the US and UK is just going to keep rolling. Like yeah. In the US, I don't think they even have sort of COVID protocols there at the moment. And I think in Europe too, they're vaccinating, but they're traveling freely around Europe. So, um, and I quite like how they've just raised 1.5 billion, I think. Yeah. Um, So that should should beef up the bank balance. And for that sort of product, it's it's all about marketing and terminals. So, and people with money. And globally, I think, you know, especially this, the other thing too, Addy, the $2.2 trillion stimulus package in the US. Yeah, it's huge. It's going just, just going to everybody. Yeah, so yeah. that money is going to be it out there. It's exactly just everywhere right? and anywhere. So, you know, you get, say if you have $1,000, you then get $1,000 from Afterpay. Yeah. You get credit. Yeah. And then you're paying that off. So, there's going to be a lot out. of, you know, Australia's got 30% more savings. You're going to be spending it. So. Yeah. Anyway, that's my bold prediction for well, the next so 12 months. You heard it from Tui. The bold prediction was $280 share price. Is that what you're looking at? Doubling? What is it, what is it now? I think it's, uh, well, from today, would have rallied a little bit. I'm guessing 120 125 So it's at 125 Yeah, because it fell 10%. So what, what, are you, what are you looking at? Set a, <laughs> set a price. Uh, I think it'd be around the 240 240 Yeah. So doubling it up. All right, well, look, uh, that's, uh, that's our predictions. I'm predicting uh, Intel. Really decent. Uh, that's my bold prediction. And Tui. Afterpay, that's what he's looking at. And of course, um, you know, adding it, I'm, I'm adding it, I'm adding Intel to my James portfolio. Um, and of course, you can find out how to, uh, you know, trade these sort of strategies, um, with the James app. We, uh, do a weekly webinar, 6 p.m., uh, Sydney, Melbourne time, uh, on, on Tuesdays on our Facebook live. Um, that's really interesting. I definitely encourage everyone to sort of, uh, tune in there, of course. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up now. That's everything. Uh, for today. Thank you so much uh, to everyone here at James who made uh, this setup happen. Thanks to Mags, um, our <laughs> producer, and thank you to for being here. I really appreciate it. Great to be here. Thanks, Addy. All right. Awesome. Well, yeah, of course, just to quickly uh, also mention, uh, you're probably watching on Facebook Live, but we will be uploading this to uh, you know your favorite podcasts, uh, Spotify, you know Apple Podcasts, all the big names, um, so you'll sort of have be able to access the market crunch. Anyway, but thanks so much for your time, guys. Looking forward to to tuning in next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.